Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Agreement reached. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka. On this Monday, September 25th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. The union representing Hollywood writers has struck a tentative deal with major studios to end a prolonged strike. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez under pressure from fellow Democrats to resign after another round of corruption charges. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has another plan to try to avoid a government shutdown at the end of the week. We'll explain it. And another poll finds President Biden continues to slip. Meanwhile, a columnist says he could reverse his numbers if he resigned. We have a retirement problem in Washington, D.C. It's not the usual retirement problem. I mean, the biggest problem for most Americans, they haven't saved enough for retirement, so they have to keep working into their 70s, let's say. The problem in Washington is that nobody retired. Rick Newman at Yahoo Finance on how President Biden could help his approval ratings. Your complaints about nothing good on TV may soon be over. The Hollywood Writers Union says it has reached a preliminary labor agreement with major studios, a deal expected to end one of two strikes that have halted most film and television production. The three-year contract still must be approved by leadership of the Writers Guild of America, as well as 11,000 union members before it can take effect. Bill Wolkoff is a strike captain for the Writers Guild. My phone is blowing up with joy. Uh, People thanking each other, people that are so excited. But while writing may resume, the Actors Union remains on strike. Writers walked off the job May 2nd after negotiations reached an impasse over compensation, minimum staffing of writers' rooms, the use of artificial intelligence, and residuals that reward writers for popular streaming shows, among other issues. Hollywood's dual strikes had shut down production of movies and TV series and sent late-night talk shows into reruns. For the second time, U.S. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey is facing corruption charges. The Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office charged the Democrat with accepting cash, gold bars, and other benefits in exchange for using his office to enrich three businessmen and aid the Egyptian government. Fellow New Jersey Democrats are calling for Mr. Menendez to resign, including Governor Phil Murphy and Congress members Mikey Sherrill, Bill Pascrell, and Josh Gottheimer. Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin on CNN. These are, in fact, uh, indictments that have to be proven under the rule of law. The person who is accused is entitled to the presumption of innocence, and it's the responsibility of the government to prove that case. I said that about Donald Trump. I say the same thing about Bob Menendez. The indictment says during a search of Mr. Menendez's home, investigators discovered nearly half a million dollars in cash, much of it stuffed into envelopes and hidden in closets, clothing, and a safe. Mr. Menendez previously faced public corruption charges in 2015. That trial ended in a hung jury. A new poll out last night from NBC News finds that President Biden's disapproval rating has hit the highest mark of his presidency. It ticked up to 56 percent, with only 41 percent saying they approve. Meanwhile, one way Mr. Biden could flip those numbers, announce his retirement. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance, says Mr. Biden, who's 80, seems to think concerns about his age are overblown. Rick, your take. Yes, I'm saying announce your retirement, President Biden. And that's not a wrap on President Biden. I'm saying let's look at retirement from a different perspective. 
Uh, I mean, we have a retirement problem in Washington, D.C. It's not the usual retirement problem. I mean, the biggest problem for most Americans, they haven't saved enough for retirement, so they have to keep working into their 70s, let's say. The problem in Washington is that nobody retires. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, we uh, Senator Mitt Romney recently said um, he's going to finish out his current Senate term, and after that he's not going to run for re-election he is 76 years old, and he's a spry 76 years old, I yeah, might add. Yeah. Biden, as most people know, is 80 years old. We've got people holding on in the Senate until they're uh, well into their 80s, and we may even have some senators in their 90s uh, before long. And um, what I'm trying to say to President Biden is, why don't you set an example by saying, I'm going to retire because it's time for younger people to come through the ranks and take over. Well, that seems to me like that's the problem. If, if Vice President Kamala Harris had approval ratings in the 70s, would this be an easy decision for Biden? I think that Kamala Harris' concern is a bit of a red herring. So, I mean, what people say is um, if President Biden announces he's not running, then the by, by definition, that automatically means the candidate is Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, I don't think that's the case. I, uh, I mean, that's not what normally happens. I mean, if nobody, if if nobody steps up to challenge her, yeah, that would be the case. But I, I am a hundred percent sure she would have challengers. Now we are we are running out of time for this to happen for the 2024 election cycle. I mean, if Biden were to bow out and give um, younger younger candidates a fighting chance, he would really have to do it within the next couple of weeks, sure. so that. Um, other candidates can do everything they need to do to get on the ballots, to, to establish campaigns and, and, and that kind of thing. Look, I, I mean, f- vice presidents, uh, typically nobody really knows what a vice president does. I mean, vice presidents, they're, it's always a low-profile job. Uh, you know, I think the, the approval rating of any vice pre- president largely depends on the approval rating of the president. What we do know about Kamala Harris is she did run for president in 2020. She ran a weak campaign, uh, and she flamed out pretty early. So that suggests she would not be a a great candidate this time around. But look, there are many younger Democrats who could be very good candidates, and they're not even getting a chance because, uh, you know, Biden won't step away. uh, And, you know, basically everybody else is an understudy until he does. We're speaking with Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. His piece is called How Biden Could Double His Approval Rating. And Rick says he ought to just call it a day after one term and retire. Um, why won't he do that? I, mean, I can't get in Biden's head. Um, I, you know, there is some reporting that says he thinks that he is uniquely able to beat Donald Trump if Donald Trump turns out to be the Republican nominee. I, I don't think the, the evidence supports that. Uh, I mean, he happened to win in 2020, I think, because of uh, factors that were unique to 2020. The idea that there is not Another single Democrat, whether it's a governor, I mean, I think there are 23 Democratic governors around that number. There are 51 or 52 Democratic senators. Um, There are business people who are Democrats. I mean, to say, no, not a single other person could possibly beat Donald Trump seems kind of ridiculous. So I think what um, you won't hear uh, people say, but could be a factor, is simply ego. Um, You know, Biden loves the job. He thinks, uh, you know, he thinks that um, he deserves it, um, you know, and we see that in many other people in Washington, D.C., who, DC who simply refuse to leave as if it is their God-given right just to stay in office forever. It's not. Thanks, Rick. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. Coming up next, another effort to keep the government funded. 
If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2023. Expert insight. World-class reporting. You're listening to America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for being with us. With a shutdown looming for the end of this week, House Republican leaders are hoping they can get GOP holdouts to support a handful of spending bills and at least temporary funding to keep the government operating. The House is expected to vote tomorrow on a rule establishing the parameters for debate on a defense spending bill, a bill funding the Homeland Security Department, one funding the State Department, and another funding agricultural priorities. After that, the focus is on a short-term spending deal ranging from two weeks to two months to keep the government funded while negotiations continue. Florida Republican Matt Gates on Fox News. We should have separate, single-subject spending bills. Kevin McCarthy promised that in January. He is in breach of that promise. So I'm not here to hold the government hostage. I'm here to hold Kevin McCarthy to his word. Last week, efforts to advance legislation were repeatedly blocked by conservative holdouts, and several lawmakers indicated they could stymie the latest effort as well. Funding is set to run out Saturday night. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Hollywood writers, studios, and streamers have reached a tentative agreement that would end a strike that started in May. The new three-year deal includes several hard-fought victories for the writers, including increased royalties, mandatory staffing for television writing rooms, and protections regarding the use of artificial intelligence. Actor Steven Weber says he supports the writers. They deserve it. They deserve more. And the actors are right there, too. The Writers Guild of America says it's still finalizing the agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, a coalition representing movie and TV studios, networks, and streamers. The negotiating committee will then vote on whether to recommend it and send the contract forward for approval. Number two. Ukraine's port city of Odessa suffered what officials called significant damage in a large-scale Russian attack overnight. Ukraine's southern defense forces say 19 attacking drones and 14 missiles were used in the attack. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said in his nightly address on Sunday the U.S. had agreed to jointly produce weapons and defense systems with Kyiv. Number three. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy and other top Democrats are calling on Democratic Senator Bob Menendez to resign, a sign of how quickly the senator's political support may erode after Friday's indictment on federal bribery charges. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York on CBS. I do believe that it is in the best interests uh, for Senator Menendez to resign in this moment. As you mentioned, consistency matters. It shouldn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. Murphy would appoint a senator to replace Menendez should he resign. Menendez is up for re-election in 2024. Salt water from the Gulf of Mexico is intruding on the drought-stricken Mississippi River, threatening Louisiana's drinking water supply. 
and prompting Governor John Bell Edwards to consider requesting emergency federal help. The Louisiana governor said salt water continues to grow in the lower Mississippi River region because of the river's low water levels and flow rate. In July, the Army Corps of Engineers constructed an underwater barrier to delay the saltwater intrusion, but last week, water from the Gulf topped the barrier's elevation. Grammy winner Usher will headline the Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas. The NFL, Apple Music, and Rock Nation announced Sunday that Usher would lead the halftime festivities from Allegiant Stadium on February 11th. The music megastar called his selection an honor of a lifetime. All right. Thank you, Jen. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Monday. Digging your way out of debt may require some creative thinking. It's a time of mounting financial pressures. What about consolidating debt? Here's Andrew Keshner, reporter at MarketWatch. Andy set this up. We have $1 trillion in credit card debt right now. And delinquency rates are rising. People, more people are falling behind on their, you know, on their payments. And so at the same time, we have interest rates that are rising in order to address inflation. And when the Fed hikes its interest rates, that in turn, that, that filters down to higher interest rates on all sorts of things, definitely including credit card APRs. And now the average interest rate uh, on a credit card that has a balance and is accruing interest, that's 22%. That's, that's that interest rate right now, according to the Fed. Okay. So uh, as Americans, are we back to old habits or is this like pandemic savings have run out? Or are we getting whacked with inflation like, or all those things? What's happening? Yeah. Yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, all of the above. I, you know, I think there's a lot of spending going on there as, uh, you know, we're, you know, all that pandemic era uh, savings are running out, and of course, inflation. And so we have all these things that are making it very easy to run up that balance. Um, and it, this is when some people might be thinking of, like, well, what can I do to get out of? A debt or get out of this credit card debt quickly and um, a, a personal loan um, at a lower rate to beat that APR could could be the way to go. We're speaking with Andy Keshner, personal finance reporter at MarketWatch. We're talking about whether now is the time to consolidate your debt. All right, so for whom does it make sense and when does it make sense? Well, first off, these APRs from private lenders, they are in, informed by your credit score. So yes, uh, you definitely can get uh, interest rates that are lower than uh, you know your credit card APR, but that's going to be that's going to hinge a lot on your credit score and you know your job outlook and you know how steady you are with your payments and and, and all that. So first off, you, you've got to have that good credit score going for you. Secondly, I mean, there's things that you could do instead i mean a personal loan it's still you know there's still costs that get wrapped into it you could do a zero balance transfer uh, credit card instead and maybe that's like the first step before the way and then uh i guess how much could we save if we were to consolidate or perhaps even go to a a zero percent transfer card yeah, you know, I, I guess it really depends on, uh, you know, the time length and, and how much um, principal you have accruing. But I mean, I, I really think it's safe to say that it could certainly be in, in the hundreds, just you know, just kind of like really off the top of my head, hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands. I, I don't know. But I mean, just 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 consider some of these rates that are out there. So again, uh, credit card APRs, 
in the low 20s, maybe even higher than that. Um, and the Federal Reserve at the same time said personal loans, there's an almost 11, around an 11.5% average interest rate on a personal loan. Thanks, Andy. Andrew Keshner, reporter at MarketWatch. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermal regulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. We are America's First News, this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Monday, September 25. Gordon Deal with Jennifer Koshenka. Some of our top stories and headlines. Hollywood writers reach a tentative contract agreement with major studios. Corruption charges for New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez. House Republicans have a new plan to fund the government. Surging mosquito populations in California. Two Monday night football games this evening. Patrick Mahomes on Taylor Swift accepting Travis Kelsey's invite to the Chiefs game. I think he wanted a touchdown as much as the Swifties did. And the lost two-year-old found sleeping in the Michigan woods. That story in about 20 minutes. Factory workers want lots more pay and fewer hours, but that's hard to justify when U.S. manufacturers are losing ground. Greg Ipp, chief economics commentator at the Wall Street Journal, has a look at how productivity is the real problem. Greg, take us through it. Look, over time, um, this is an iron law of economics, is that you know the, the pay that a worker gets is connected to how productive that worker is. And the United Auto Workers, they want higher pay, and you can understand why. I mean, they've been lagging behind inflation. Everybody else is getting raises. Why shouldn't they? Well, if you actually look at what's been happening in product factory, it's actually been pretty lousy for the last 10 years. So there's a reason why manufacturing wages simply haven't been keeping up. And in the motor vehicle sector, it's especially bad. It's actually lower than it was 10 years ago. Now, some of this might be pandemic-related disruptions, but just look at the companies these workers work for. The, the Detroit 3, uh, Ford, uh, Stellantis, and General Motors, they continue to lose market share to um, foreign brands to non-union plants. Uh, everybody, all three of them agree they need to make this transition to electric vehicles. They are serious laggards on that front. They have a tiny share of um, the market. They are, the EVs they have lose enormous amounts of money. They're way behind Tesla. Bottom line, I'm not saying this is a worker's fault, but it's hard to justify why workers in manufacturing should get vast new pay increases when the products that they churn out simply aren't meeting the market test. Mm. Whose fault is it? 
Look, productivity is a complicated concept. Even though we define productivity's output per hour worked by people, how productive you are depends on a lot of things. It's not just the skills and the ethic, work ethic of the workers involved. It's like how well are they managed. And you can't get around the fact that American managers and companies have made a lot of bad decisions. In the okay. column that I wrote, George, I don't look at just auto makers, but I look at all manufacturing. Look at icons like Intel and General Electric and Boeing, which have fallen seriously behind their competitors because of serious strategic and quality problems. Those problems didn't necessarily, that in fact, they didn't at all start with the workers. They started with bad decisions by management. And so in some sense, if their productivity is down, it's not, you can't just say, well, that's because there's something wrong with the workforce. But the um, unpleasant reality is, is that how pro the workers are, fates are tied to how well the company as a whole is run, including how well managers and shareholders make their own decisions. Mm. We're speaking with Greg Ipp, chief economics commentator at The Wall Street Journal. His piece is called American Labor's Real Problem. It isn't productive enough. What about government policy, Greg? How does that play in here, if at all? Well, government policies clearly have a role. One of the reasons that Taiwan, South Korea, and Japan did so well in manufacturing uh, and that China is gaining vast market share now is that government policies are very oriented in that direction, and sometimes they're very unfair. They protected their domestic industries. They subsidized um, their their industries, for example, by handing out free land and other uh, aid to their companies. They artificially kept their currencies low, which gave them, gave them an export advantage. So. You can understand why, say, President Trump and President Biden say that we should respond in kind by raising tariffs and subsidizing our manufacturers. Well, that's all well and good, but you're really making a grave mistake if you think that those sorts of policies explain all of why our manufacturing is falling behind and theirs is gaining. The fact of the matter is that their companies have done extremely well in terms of raising their productivity, developing agile management. Chinese companies now produce very good batteries and vehicles, electric vehicles. Um, you know, Taiwan leads the wor world in contract manufacturing quality. Uh, these are facts that you just can't walk away from. And so it needs essentially um, both managers, workers, and government to confront that fact uh, and not assume that um, the fact that wages aren't keeping up is simply because of greedy shareholders. Do we in this country, Greg, have the ability to get better? And by better, I'm stealing from your headline saying that productivity is a real problem. Of course, the United States can get better. Go back to the 70s and the 80s when the uh, automakers were first rocked by the arrival of low-cost imports from Japan and then later Korea. They lost vast amounts of uh, market share. Um, and they, a lot of people thought that they would never be able to produce an affordable, high-quality vehicle again. Uh, there were things like voluntary export restraints and other measures taken to limit the inflow of imports. But to their credit, a couple things happened. First of all, um, uh, American labor and American management learned from the lean production techniques that Toyota and others brought to America into their cars, and they adopted them. And it took a while, many, many years, but they eventually largely closed the quality gap. And so on a, a variety of uh, standards at the time, um, American production standards had sort of caught up to Japanese standards. Thanks, Greg. Greg Ipp, chief economics commentator at the Wall Street Journal. 20 minutes now in front of the hour on this morning, America's first news. Coming up next, Taylor, Travis, and the Jets fan who spit out his teeth. 
One thing we all have in common is a need to feed. If you're like me, you love to eat and want to eat right without much pre-planning and shopping. Enter HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall with HelloFresh handling all the meal planning and shopping. They do the work, you take a bow. Plus, HelloFresh is more than just dinners. There's breakfast, quick lunches, fresh snacks, tasty, time-saving, and delivered to your front door. HelloFresh's convenience, variety, and quality keep me eating right all day and night. Right now, save from the start. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh's menu offers 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Say goodbye to boring meal plans and HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. Welcome into Monday. Glad you could join us. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we've got some fun stories to come out of the third Sunday of NFL action. Let's start here where things are starting to get really bad for the New York Jets. A once promising season is looking more bleak by the day after Aaron Rodgers' season-ending injury and things not going well at all with backup Zach Wilson. The team was booed off the field several times during yesterday's ugly, rain-soaked loss to the New England Patriots. And one poncho-clad fan was yelling so loudly he almost lost his teeth as caught on TV cameras at the end of a particularly ugly drive. Social media users who aren't Jets fans couldn't help but laugh at the moment, saying how it sums up the season so far, and uh, this is basically what the Jets do to people. Mm. I mean, this this one hit home, Gordon. Uh, not because I'm a Jets fan, because as you know, I'm not. I'm a Giants fan. Things aren't going well for us either. But I'm also having uh, teeth issues uh, right now, where like a, a particularly errant <laughs> sneeze can uh, can cause some problems okay. for me. Okay. So I, I, you know, yeah. while thankfully this was not me, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps uh, this could have been me yeah. so I'm, I'm, i feel for this guy a little bit i happen to be watching at the time when this happened and uh the, the broadcast showed a replay of this <laughs> slow-mo the, the, replay this announcers, poor guy. announcers having a, a good laugh at it yeah uh i believe the guy was trying to say to either zach wilson or the jets offense get the f out of here that was right. his shout i believe <laughs> yes and that caused his teeth to to come out or come got loose a, or whatever got about halfway through where yeah. he had to retrieve his teeth i actually felt bad mm. for jim nance and tony romo calling the game I mean, because they obviously were originally given this game thinking it was going to be Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback for the Jets. So listening to them call this game between the awful Patriots and the even worse Jets was just painful. In in the rain, just Uh, just as ugly as possible. And uh, try as he did to be coy about it, the cat is officially out of the bag about NFL star Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. That's because all anyone could talk about during the Chiefs-Bears game yesterday afternoon was Swift at Arrowhead Stadium, sitting right next to Kelsey's mom, Donna, cheering on Travis and the Chiefs as they blew the doors off of Chicago. And because it was such a blowout, Fox TV cameras had nothing better to do than to show shots of Swift having the time of her life up in the suite, and that led to a number of storylines. For one, the usually unflappable Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes said he felt pressure to throw Kelsey a touchdown to help him impress his new lady friend, which he did right before exiting the game at the end of the third quarter. There was also the question of Philadelphia Swifties whether they should be mad at the pop star who grew up in the Philly area and says that she roots for the Eagles for wearing a red Chiefs jacket and cheering so hard for Kansas City just eight months after Kelsey's team beat the Birds to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're an, an actual Swifty from Philadelphia, you're probably not mad. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. uh, you know, otherwise, other Eagles fans might yeah. be mad. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you use the word dating. 
Uh, yes. Uh, Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. Sure. Just because she showed up like in the suite, that means they're dating in your book. Or there, like, there was also some footage of them walking out of the stadium together. Yeah, I believe they might possibly even holding hands. I, I don't. Oh, uh, really? I mean, I saw that their hands looked close. I couldn't tell uh, from the footage I saw where they were actually holding hands. But, Whoa. Okay. Uh, they, they were. They did walk out together as okay. well. She didn't just happen to be, you know, hanging out with Travis's mom. I understand that. I'm just saying <laughs> it's possible she just went to, you know, see what things are like. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're dating. Yeah. Okay. But you're going there. I mean, I think most people okay. are at this point. Let's just go with that. Didn't it look like Taylor Swift and Donna Kelsey were like best buds for years, that, by the way? That's what I'm talking right. about. This is this is working out well. Okay. And he caught a, cut, a touchdown for my fantasy team, right. so uh, right. everybody's happy. <laughs> Nobody's good. unhappy today. Even the Swifties are happy. Thanks, Mike. 13 minutes in front of the hour. This is America's First News, preparing you for the day ahead with headlines and in-depth analysis. This morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. A new study finds that people who struggle with depression could face a higher risk of diabetes. The finding comes from a British charity called Diabetes UK, and it says people with a history of depression are more susceptible to developing type 2 diabetes. The group says previous research suggested that the reverse was also true, that people with type 2 diabetes are twice as likely to struggle with depression. Researchers in this study took a deeper dive. They used a statistical method to determine if type 2 diabetes and depression are linked. For the first time, the study revealed that depression directly causes an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. It also found that higher body weight, in part, explained the impact of depression on type 2 diabetes. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. If all goes well from here, some of your favorite shows should be back by January after Hollywood's writers and studios reached a preliminary labor agreement. The two sides are still drafting the final contract language, but said last night they had reached an agreement. WGA member Al Septian is a WGA member. We know that our negotiating committee is not going to accept the deal that's subpar. Um, because we trust them and, and they've led us through this, this strike. The WGA told union members this deal is exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Number two. Congress heads into a make-or-break week for avoiding a government shutdown with leaders of the Republican-controlled House hoping they can persuade GOP holdouts to get on board with four full-year bills and a short-term funding patch. Republican Congressman Mike Turner of Ohio on ABC. The holdouts keep saying to Kevin McCarthy, don't bring bipartisan bills to the floor. We don't want you to use Democrat votes to try to avert a shutdown. But they're using Democrat votes to try to cause a shutdown. If no deal is reached, hundreds of thousands of federal workers are set to be furloughed this weekend. Number three. Six people are dead, including three children, after a train barreled into an SUV at a Florida railroad crossing Saturday evening in what authorities are describing as a violent tragedy. Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister says seven people in the SUV were on their way to a party when they encountered a railroad crossing marked by a stop sign and a railroad crossing sign, but no crossing arms or warning bell in Plant City. The other five passengers in this vehicle were all violently ejected from the SUV and they lost their lives here this evening. Another man is in critical condition. 
The home of mega corporations like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines is also the best place to start your own business. LinkedIn says Atlanta is the metro area with the fastest year-over-year growth, 92% in people founding their own companies. The Atlanta metro area is growing at a breakneck pace thanks to a strong job recovery since the pandemic. Austin is number two, followed by Seattle, San Francisco, and Chicago. Rounding out the top ten, Boston, Miami, New York City, L.A., and Denver. All right, thank you, Jen. Six minutes now in front of the hour. Thanks for being with us. A two-year-old was found snuggled up in the woods after going missing in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. The little girl walked away from her home with her two family dogs last Wednesday evening in Faithorn, Michigan. The toddler was found hours later asleep in the woods using the smaller dog as a pillow. The Associated Press says Michigan State Police Troopers used drones and dogs to search for the toddler while local police and civilians in Michigan and in neighboring Wisconsin banded together to look in the woods. A citizen driving an ATV finally found the two-year-old about three miles from her home around midnight. Michigan State Police Lieutenant Mark Giannunzio said she lay down and used one of the dogs as a pillow and the other dog laid right next to her and kept her safe. The little girl appeared to be in good health after medical staff checked her out. The UP of Michigan, as you may know, is known for its robust forest landscape bordering three of the Great Lakes. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.